Welcome, everyone, to the penultimate uh, episode <laughs> of the Faith Awakens podcast. This is episode number 49. We are going to make it to 50, so yes, we are. Uh, Meg and I will have one more episode to close it out after a good long run. Um, and we are very pleased to have with us on this next to last episode, not only, as always, my co-host, of course. Megan Grady, um, conference champion yes. in the 10K. She just won a race yesterday, yeah. so, or two days ago, was yep. it? Yep. It yeah. was very good and qualified for nationals. That's so awesome. So you get exciting. to run again in yeah. the end of May. Yeah, end of May. So one more round with the jersey, the old the old blue and I forget Just what color it is. Just can't hang it up, can you? Yeah, I can't. Can't close the yearbook. Not oh, yet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so very good. And we have a very, very, very special guest, um, my brother, priest, and friend, and uh, who's coming to us coming to Ambrose here to take my place in a few short months, <laughs> Father Ross Epping. Welcome, Father Ross. Thank you. It's, it's so good to be on. Let me tell <laughs> Austent, ostentatiously, I'm your biggest fan. That is, have, <laughs> that's awesome. I have, I have listened. The two of you have been my companions every, almost every week. That is, during this entire pandemic. We're honored. It's been great. We are honored. Oh, wow. Just about well, any time anybody says they listen to us, we're like, yeah. really? Wow. Yeah. We think people like like you don't exist. So this is nice. This is good we confirmation. Exist. <laughs> we, ex- we exist and we are big fans. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm honored to be here. So thank you. So, Father Ross, you are no stranger to St. Ambrose. You graduated here in 2011. In fact, um, I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I think it was when you were coming into seminary. Father Marty Goetz was the vocation director at the time, and I was coming in to be the new vocation director. And, like, there was this, you know, that kind of transition time, those months either before July 1st or just after. And so you were going to be heading off to Mundelein Seminary. And I remember us, like, meeting over at the old campus coffee shop on Harrison Street and getting to know each other a little bit. So I remember that and then was able to kind of, uh, you know, walk with you from a distance, albeit um, at while you were at Mundelein, but during those years of your formation. And then I don't know if you remember this or not, um, but about four years ago, I remember us having a conversation in the backyard of the house where I used to live in over at Western, where Father Chuck had lived. And I remember distinctly telling you, you know, Father Ross, you should think this would be a good assignment for you someday. Um, and I didn't know it would be four <laughs> years later. I thought it might be six or seven, or I don't know. I thought I'd have a good, you know, I knew I wouldn't be here 21 years like Father Chuck, but I thought I might be here 10 or 12, <laughs> and four is all I got. But um, <laughs> so I remember having that conversation, and so when it was coming up in conversations about uh, who goes to Ambrose and this whole kind of domino rally of assignment changes that happens every year in the diocese, uh, you were top of my list, so. Thank you. <laughs> I remember that conversation so well, Father Tom. We were standing right at the bottom of the stairs, uh-huh. going leading up into your house, and yep. we had that conversation, and it just renewed 
a hope deep in my heart <laughs> that I would be returning to St. Ambrose. And the reason, the reason being is when I attended St. Ambrose, I fell in love with everything about the university. I loved, I loved my time there. It was the best decision I ever made. And when I was making the decision on whether or not to enter seminary uh, and, and journey towards priesthood, always in the back of my mind was just me telling myself, I w- want to be at St. Ambrose. <laughs> and I remember sitting down with Bishop Amos, who was the bishop at the time, and telling him that, and him saying, Ross, <laughs> St. Ambrose is just one place in the entire diocese, right? I, we can't, I can't promise you that you'll be there. And Chuck, Father Chuck told me the same thing. He mm-hmm. said, my life here at St. Ambrose is not the normal life of a priest. And so as you're discerning, make sure you're not discerning being a priest at St. Ambrose. Make sure you're being a priest. You are discerning priesthood for the Diocese of Davenport, yeah. which was great, which is yeah. a great help. It does make me think of a conversation I had with uh, one of the other priests of the diocese a few years back, though, and we were talking about how when we had a lot more priests and when there were a lot more priests here at St. Ambrose, um, you know, the diocesan priesthood could look very different. Um, granted, most diocesan priests serve in parish ministry. That's our bread and butter. Those are kind of the, the front lines of ministry. That's where most people encounter the church. Um, you know, that's where we marry people, bury people, baptize people, as you did just before on this uh, podcast. I understand you had a baptism this afternoon. You know, all of those, those things that are so central to our ministry. But there were other opportunities to be in hospital chaplaincy or prison chaplaincy or university chaplaincy, not that those chaplaincies are at all alike each other. Um, And then, you know, teaching. Um, You know, when we had a bunch of priests here, they taught everything from music to chemistry to uh, history to, you know, everything. And that was their, their, their main ministry. Even when I was a student here, I remember we had enough priests around here that every weekday, there was a different priest celebrating daily mass. Wow. So they each had like a rotation. So one day would be Father George, and the next day would be Father Chuck, and the next day would be Monsignor Schaefer. And, you know, so they'd go, they'd rotate around. Father Bud would be in there. And so um, and, and so I, I do miss that. And I don't know that there's getting back to that, at least not any time really quickly. But I'm glad right. that we can still have a chaplain here at St. Ambrose, and I think it is an important ministry. And it's our diocesan university, so, I mean, it makes absolute Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. And it is, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, in the, in the back of my mind and and deep in my heart, I knew, even though I discerned, I feel like I discerned well, uh, my call to the diocesan priesthood, I knew that I still wanted to be chaplain at St. Ambrose someday. I just love working with the college crowd (laughs) <laughs> I love the energy, and it's just so invigorate selfishly, right? Selfishly, it's invigorating for my ministry. I get a taste of it here. In, I'm the pastor of St. Mary here in Grinnell, 
Um, so I get a taste of it at with Grinnell College students. Mm-hmm. Definitely not on a grand scale, um, but working with college students is just so energizing for me and my ministry and my priesthood. I'm so afraid um, that on July 1st, I'm going to wake up and I'll be gray and bald and I'll look really, really old because <laughs> it'll be my first day out of college campus ministry and it will just age me like that. <laughs> uh, yes, I have gotten a lot more gray hairs after becoming pastor. That's cer- certainly true. So this is an interesting thing. Even though um, I was ordained in 2004, you ordained 2011. Um, I was ordained 2016. 2016, sorry. You're a 2011 grad of Ambrose, and then seminary after that, right? Yeah, so 2016. Yep. But you've been a pastor for two more years than I've ever been a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and they're putting me at the cathedral. What are they thinking? Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. <sighs> so I may be, be calling you for fit. advice. Oh, you're going to be such a great fit there. I'm so excited for the people at Sacred Heart. We'll see. Give me six months. You know, and see if I run it into the well, ground. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them to get like a dog or a cat because I drove by the cathedral today just to check out the new digs, and um, he's got a yard, and I just really think you should get a pet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I but dogs take time. I and know, but I I don't want to be I don't want to neglect my dog. You've got a dog, Father Ross. I do. See, I, I do. Yeah. And you're going to have a yard. I have a dog. Yeah. So Father Rich at the cathedral has a dog, yep. a little Sheltie, huh. yep. I think, hmm. named Joey. Joey. Um, <laughs> and I've got a dog. He's a, a boxer pit bull mix. His name is Tut. Tut. Um, and he'll be he'll be turning four right after we move in. Okay. So. Oh, so I could think. I'm I don't know, Father. You have a huge house there. I know it's gigantic. For you and your dog. I'm gonna look for some. Wow, I don't know. That's a lot of responsibility. I oh mean, I gosh. like dogs. Are you kidding? You're an adult. <laughs> are you serious? That's a lot of responsibility. What are you? Four years old? No. You can take care of a dog. I'm pretty sure. I probably could, but like, uh, I don't okay. Know. Can you imagine? Oh, just. Dogs are the best. Don't I? I know they're. I, I, I always say I like other people's dogs because I can play with them. I'm friendly with dogs. Dogs get along with me fine. I've never had any issues with dogs. I've never been scared of dogs particularly. Um, we had a dog growing up, you know, so uh, that my my mom and my siblings snuck in on my dad. I think uh, at some point, and so uh, you know, I kind of so I know what that experience is like. But I just I don't know. I'm so fearful that I would neglect the poor thing because well, you I'd wouldn't. be gone so much and I wouldn't get back to let it out or you know I don't know and I'm not really a cat person although I like don't. cats okay too but they do take care of themselves a lot no, better but they're mean they do they go no. to the bathroom they, yeah. by themselves you can find cats that kind of act like no. dogs that will play nope. fetch and stuff like that that are kind of playful and glad to see you when you get home which is a nice thing about a dog right so your hesitations father are <laughs> well placed though they are I feel that way about I know, but mine. come on. Come on. Yeah. But I I also, my mom loves my dog, and so she will come over mm-hmm. and dog, dog sit for me pretty regularly. So 
So I have that. I uh, think I need to wait until I'm in the parish long enough to to get to know that person or family that loves dogs and would love to take my dog uh, Absolutely. When, I, when I need, and then I'll think about it. How about that? I okay. think that's a good that's a good idea. <laughs> well, you let that's me know, and I'll look. I'll start looking. <laughs> I want an Irish Wolfhound that I can saddle and ride. Oh my gosh! They're the largest. They're the largest dogs, and I'm like hobbit size anyhow. So you are. it would be perfect. <laughs> Like a guard dog, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, I don't, I don't know, maybe a little, I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. My sister Susan has a great dog named Mo, and he is super smart, super bright, and super affectionate and wonderful, and he is just the most hilarious thing every time I've gone to visit her. And they had trained Mo when he needed to go outside to ring a little bell. They had like <gasps> one of those like hotel bells. And Mo yeah. would, when he needed to go outside, just go ding, you know, and if you didn't quite get to the door yet, he'd ding again <laughs> the only problem was he also figured out like oh when i ring this bell they let me outside so then he'd be mm. like i see a squirrel out there <laughs> right. and he'd be like ding 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 i will say when i when i got tut um the first two weeks i rescued him from a shelter the first two weeks i was convinced I had made a grave, grave mistake because he was crying all night in his kennel. I was trying to kennel train him. And so it was very, I mean, incredibly stressful for at least a month. So, you know, maybe just chill out for a year and then. Hmm. I'll give it some thought. I I will think (laughs) about it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, after we had, so we had a dog named Tiny. Um, and when Tiny died, I was very sad. Um, my family was very sad too. Um, and then, but the, the thing was like, we weren't going to do another dog. That was pretty well clear. So I wanted another pet. So I got a gerbil named Lewis, L E W I S named for Meriwether Lewis of Lewis and Clark expedition. And Lewis, I, in fact, I was, uh, I was home to a tumble just this last weekend for the first time since like Thanksgiving. And I went to the Earl May store with my sister and my niece. And it was the very Earl May store where I bought Lewis and rode him back in a little cardboard box on my bicycle all the way, all the way home. Oh my gosh. Um, and so, and Lewis lived, I can't remember how many years he lived. I think he lived a pretty good long life for a gerbil. And I could actually bring him out in the yard and let him run around in the yard, and he would not run away. He would come back to me, and then I'd bring him back inside That's and adorable. put him in his cage. Um, only once or no twice did he like, take off down the sidewalk, and I'm chasing after this little gerbil. But the nice things about gerbils are they're not nocturnal, so they're not their stupid wheel at night yeah. while you're trying to sleep. And they have a, a furry tail, so not a gross rat tail, like a furry tail that you can pick up by the base to safely pick them up. Uh, so they're easy to kind of snag, too. But oh. they can be kind of escape artists with their, their cages, though, too. So a couple times we lost Lewis, but yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So maybe, I don't know, maybe another rodent. No. Maybe. Maybe that's a good option. I also had some, some goldfish and a fiddler, named, named, uh, fiddler crab named Gus. And one day I came back to the tank and Gus was gone. I don't know what happened to Gus. He either escaped or was eaten by the fish somehow. Interesting. But my mom had a, my mom comes from a family of 10 kids, um, which you wouldn't think they'd have a pet, you know, like 10 kids is enough, but they had a chameleon and um, my mom said they took it outside one time, which why would you do that? Like, and they turned their backs and then they lost the chameleon. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find him. 
<laughs> couldn't find him. That sounds like the beginning of like a joke or something. Like with, but the punchline is it's like I'm thinking the chameleon them. probably didn't last too long outside either. Or <laughs> right. Well, he probably yeah he probably they wanted kind of warm. I think honestly he probably wanted to like leave that house. The house is chaos. My but. brother David had a chinchilla for a while, and it just chewed on everything. So <laughs> gosh, yeah, no yeah. chinchilla. You know, I um I come from a family of five. There are five boys. Um. And my mother is an animal lover. She grew up on a farm. And so with five boys, you know, we were always wanting animals, right? So our house was a little bit full and, I mean, crazy with five boys anyway, but we were always wanting animals. And so my dad, who's not an animal person, would always push back and my mom would always win. So... We would have, so they have, they have two dogs right now, but at one point we had three. Oh my gosh. And then we, they live in town now, but when we were growing up, we lived on 20, 20 acres, just an acreage. Yeah. And so they had outdoor cats and we had indoor cats and hamsters um, and hermit crabs. <laughs> and I remember when I was in seminary, I was studying at Creighton University for a summer. Mm-hmm. And that summer, um, two two or three of our outside cats had babies all at the same time oh my god so my parents were taking care of almost 30 cats oh my god for an entire <gasps> summer and i just when i when i when i i told myself then that when i am an adult and i can make my own adult decisions i will never have more than one animal and i will never have a cat <laughs> which is why I settled on the dog. Yeah. 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 30 cats. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. They were all outside. All of them yeah. were outside, but still, still. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Farm cats are a different breed though, man. Those are, they are. <laughs> those are, we have a farm. Um, we don't really have many like cats, but they, they'll like wander on from other farms and I'm like, stay away from them. My friends will come visit. I'm like, no, don't pet that. Don't pet that cat. We See, my dad grew up on a farm, and the reason they had to sneak the dog in on a when he was gone for a business trip is that he was very much of the opinion that we, animals are fine; they just belonged outside or in a barn. You know, yeah. that's, that's absolutely. That's, you know, so, but yeah, I think you know they tolerated. He tolerated tiny pretty well, I think. <laughs> and of course, I'm sure it was like all of my siblings saying, "Oh, we'll take care of him, and we'll walk him, and we'll feed him." And guess yeah. who ends up doing it? Mom. Yep. Mom yep. takes care of the dog. Yep. So absolutely. Yep. Well, Ross, what is, um, switching tracks here, what is yeah, your favorite Ambrose memory, one or two maybe, that you can think of, some special moments from your time here as a student? Um, so, my favorite place on campus is, this is this sounds like a an easy or a cop-out answer, but is the chapel. <laughs> The reason being is that's because good because you're going to spend I, a lot of time in there. <laughs> yeah, well, I spent a lot of time in there when I was a student, especially towards the end, the last like year and a half, maybe two years, because that was the one place that I felt at peace and at home mm-hmm. when I was when I was going through this internal um, <laughs> turmoil of figuring out: Do I want to do what I want to do, or should I figure out this whole seminary? priesthood business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent a lot of time in the chapel. So that's my favorite place. In terms of favorite memories, my very second 
not my very first, but my second Antioch mm-hmm. retreat that I went on. I had known people uh, when I went to St. Ambrose who were already there. Mm-hmm. They were um, a, one year and two years above me. And so when I was a senior, all of my friends that I had were had left. Mm. Well, right? They had all graduated. I know that. And feeling, so when right? I, <laughs> yeah, when I was uh, 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 getting into my senior year, I I knew people, but like nobody incredibly close. And so when I went on the fall Antioch retreat, I got to know this group of people who are still my best closest friends, mm. all of them, um, and it was. I, re- <laughs> I remember getting home back to Ambrose after that Antioch and my mom happened to be in town that day. And so she took me out, to <laughs> she took me out to dinner and I was just like weeping <laughs> in her car. Cause I was like, so it was such a good weekend. It was so moving. It was everything about it. It was so good. The other mm, the other, I was peripherally uh, part of St. Ambrose Theater. I was not a theater student. I was not a theater um, major or minor. Yep. Uh, but I got to know Corey Johnson, who I know was your guest a while back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got to know her, and so I would peripherally be a part of the theater program just here and there. And my senior year, we, we did a, some great shows while I was there, but my senior year, um, I got to take part in the musical and just, um, you had kind of a big there, part I as I recall. Tap dance. I had to learn how what to musical? tap dance. What musical? I had to, I had to learn how to, um, roller skate, uh, blindfolded, what um, I had my I had my first on stage kiss in that <gasps> one. Um, what musical and yeah. what part? <clears throat> um, okay, uh, the musical was the Drowsy Chaperone. Oh, that's a good one. And I played the groom. Um, I don't. I'm I I am blanking on his name. I played the groom. Okay. Who the 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 show is centered around a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was the groom of that marriage, uh, and it was great. It was great fun. Hmm. You know, um, but I was also in Sweeney Todd there on campus. Wow. With That's the one I was Mike thinking Kennedy. of. Kennedy. Yeah. Um, I was in Pippin that Corey directed, um, and that that was it. Those three. Were you Sweeney Todd uh, in Sweeney Todd? No, uh, uh, Ryan Westwood was Sweeney okay. Todd. Okay. I was, I was, I love singing. Um, I'm good at it, but I, I don't, I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy acting hmm. all that much. Um, it's not my cup of tea. Um, it's not something I'm particularly great at. And so I just wasn't really comfortable my, with myself enough at Sweeney Todd to really audition really hmm. well. Um, so being peripherally a part of the theater department was so fun. The yeah. people there are so fun. Corey is a genius. She's so wise and she is so funny. 
We had uh, a similar experience there because I was never a major or a minor. I never took a class even, but was just, you know, would do shows here and there. Got to know Dr. Johnson and Mike Kennedy and Chris Itram. And a lot of my core friend group came out of uh, <laughs> the, the, the theater groupies. So, yeah. Yeah. When I was talking with Corey about discerning priesthood, she would always mention Tommy Hennon, but I didn't know you then. <laughs> my path, my path had never crossed with yours, so I didn't yeah. know you. I only knew you by her yeah. um, through what she told me about you. She probably uh, called me Depina. You'd be. Did she yeah. call me Depina? Yeah. yeah, she still calls me. She Depina. did. She did. Yeah. And little did I know that you'd be my director of vocations when I joined wow. the seminary. It's a small ambrosian ways. world. <laughs> it is. It is. This is very cool. Well, yeah. I mean, all of those experiences, I think, resonate, you know, with Meg and I and with a lot of the students in terms yeah. of those, the, the piece of being in the chapel, Antioch mm-hmm. retreat experiences. Mm-hmm. You were on team twice, once, twice, 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 twice on twice. team. So three times that we went to Antioch. And yep. um, we did actually this spring pull off our first on-campus Antioch, and I thought, oh, it's going to be different. And it really wasn't that different. So, mm-hmm. I'm I glad don't know. to hear. Yeah, it was really good. In fact, that might be something you think about. I know Tammy and I have talked about it a little bit. Maybe we offer one on-campus and one off-campus each year, you know, just to give students that might be uh, more comfortable doing it that way an option or something. But but there's still a strong Antioch tradition. In fact, I don't think um, the, the only Antioch we've missed in 20 years was last no, this fall, this past fall. Mm. We did have our spring Antioch 2021 just in time, like at the end of February last year, and mm. then everything turned yeah, upside down. Yeah, I was on, I was on, that was my, yeah. when I was a leader. Yeah, that was the last, I consider that like the last like bit of peace where mm. I was just like the calmest. <laughs> like ever since then, my heart rate has like just been spiking. Like, I just feel like I never will get back to that resting heart rate, maybe in a couple of years, but I don't know. It was just crazy coming off that weekend. And then that next weekend I had indoor nationals. And then I was like, we didn't come back for a really long time. So spring break. And that's when we got the news that we were going to remote learning. Yeah. 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 Um, Speaking of the chapel. And uh, so just so you're aware, I probably should have told you about this beforehand since you're going to take over here. <laughs> um, so there is there is a new addition to the chapel. Oh, I heard about this. So um, as of this past Friday, we now have a slate done in the style, in fact, according to the design of Father Kaddish of St. Joseph uh, holding the child Jesus in the chapel. Mm. And Where? We, it's, uh, so when you're looking at the tabernacle, it's on the wall up to your left. Mm. Nice. So, um, okay. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's really, I'll send a picture to you, uh, in advance. But, um, so when I first got here, I thought, you know, we've got like, we have four Marys in the chapel, I think, and zero Joseph. And we've got the (laughs) Caddish St. Ambrose, of course. Yeah. And so I thought it'd be nice to get an image of St. Joseph here. And I started to look around like some of these websites of companies that buy statuary from churches when they close to see if there's something that stylistically would fit. Because, the chapel has its own distinct style. It is much more modern and kind of cleaner lines it. and, yeah. you know, simple. And, and of course, Absolutely. Kaddish's artwork, you know, fits perfectly in there. And so, but I never didn't really find anything that worked. Um, I looked around the diocese a little bit, didn't find anything that worked. And then I just kind of backburnered it. And then Pope Francis announces this year of St. Joseph. And Sister 
Sister Joan announces that she's retiring and she's a sister at St. Joseph. And I'm like, oh, we got to do it this year. Yeah. We got to do it. So um, so I reached out to some, some students, some former students of Father Kaddish who still do this kind of work in Slate, oh, wow. um, Paul Herrera and Amy Nielsen. And um, we, we com- it's not a big surprise now because we've already done it, uh, so I can tell everybody. But mm-hmm. So we commissioned a larger image of St. Joseph to go in the chapel and a smaller version of that image um, to go as a gift from campus ministry to Sister Joan. So kind of bringing two of her Very worlds nice. together, both as a sister of St. Joseph for her retirement and as an ambrosian in that distinctly awesome. kind of Kaddish style. So, um, yeah, it's it, and they delivered them on Thursday. Oh, and wow. It was so cool to see those come in. It just made me so happy. So uh, it fits, it works, it looks beautiful. Um, and there's a cool little nod, too, because the original um, image that Paul Herrera was basing this on had uh, Joseph with like a pocket protector and some pens in his yeah. in his pocket. So what, what he did to give it, because I said, if there's some way we can like work in a little modern touch to make sure that, you know, this is of this time, you know, and so what he did is he ended up putting the pencil behind the ear, and he has an iPhone <gasps> in his pocket. No, he doesn't. That's yeah, I, I still look at this after this. Already? Yeah. What's that? Is it up? It's up. Is it up? It's up already. It oh, got delivered on yeah. Thursday, and I didn't want it sitting on the floor for very long, so I called Physical Plant right away. and said, is there any way we can get this up sooner than later? Yeah. And then, of course, th- this morning at 1030 Mass, which we had over here at Galvin, uh, we had kind of our farewell Mass for Sister Joan. Bishop Zincula was the celebrant and the homilist, and then at, at the end, after communion, then uh, we presented her with this uh, St. Joseph slate. And, she, you know, Sister Joan doesn't like surprises, um, but we kept this right. one pretty pretty close to the chest. And she was she was actually like visibly moved and you could hear it in her voice. She was very touched by that. Wow. So um, she, and she was, of course, Sweet. very grateful for it. So, yeah. So I'm glad it all worked out. So, yeah, there's a new uh, and there's another wall on the other side there that you can dream about, like much should go there, you know, so. <laughs> Perfect. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's really I, I, you look at it and you think. Thank God there are people that can still do this work yeah. and that know that knew Father Kaddish personally and knew yes. his techniques and knew how to do this and can still make new pieces of artwork in his style uh, that fit our chapel. So, yeah, it's cool. So, um, what um, I know, kind of, uh, we've, we usually in our ep- in our podcast we talk about like things we've been watching lately or things. I'm just kind of curious, like what what are some hobbies, interests, um, areas of you know n- nerdery for you? Um, <laughs> what do you geek out on? Um, I love ro- rollerblading. Oh okay. my gosh, that is so amazing. That's, so that's. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do. Does your dog go um, along with you? He does not. Oh. I, I'm too nervous um, to uh, have... Ne- I, I won't have enough control mm. if he starts running yeah. or if he gets excited when I'm on when I'm kind of gliding on I was wheels. thinking I would just like let the dog pull me along. That'd be <laughs> <laughs> Super easy. <laughs> so I love rollerblading. And uh, I, it's... it's uh, over this past year, um, I haven't done it as much just because with the pandemic and been crazy. Um, but there was a while there back when I was in seminary where I would take them to the skate parks and I would um, wear the pads and the helmet and 
it was, those were good days mm-hmm. back when I had, when I was a little more agile. Um, so I love rollerblading. Um, and uh, the other piece is I am a huge Star Wars fan. Oh. So when I... <laughs> mm. <laughs> yep. I, no, nope. well, we aren't, thrilled. so... You're, you're yeah. checking all the boxes here. My goodness. <laughs> he was waiting for it. He was over here anxiously yep. waiting for you to say the Loves the chapel. SW. And the theater while he was at Ambrose. Star Wars, check. Yep. Mm-hmm. Man. Yep. <laughs> I mean, those are not my only hobbies. Yeah. Those are just, like, at the top of the list. It kind of makes mm. me seem kind of boring. But uh, when, I was, when I was a child, my father introduced me to Star Wars A New Hope. It happened to be on TV, and he... Mm-hmm told me that I should watch it. And ever since then, I've been hooked. Yep. I, I love it. Um, I see them all. And I am also not a Star Wars fan that's um, you know, uh, one of the, like, the mean or rude Star Wars fans. So like, I love all the movies. Okay. I won't, yeah. I won't be um, crabby about the, the episodes one through three or, yeah. the, or anything. The new ones that just came out. I like um, them. I just like hmm, some more than others. Me. Well, I give Father Tom a <laughs> well, look. I, yes. Yeah. I like that. I like some more than others. This last one, The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I is is my favorite. Hmm. It is my favorite one. I love it. When it dropped on Disney Plus, I watched it probably five days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was so good. Or it is so good. Um, so I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, nice. And Have you had a chance to watch Le- uh, episode, episode one of The Bad Batch yet? Uh, I've only watched about half of it. I didn't realize that it was an hour and, and like 16 minutes yeah, long. Yeah, I don't know why the first episode is um, so long. I'm guessing the others won't be that long. So that threw me off. So I was unprepared for that amount of time. Um, so I haven't. I haven't watched it all yet, but it's, I'm planning on I'm planning on getting into it. I, I was guess. actually just about to drop my Disney Plus uh, because I thought there's just nothing else no. I'm watching on there now because I'd watched WandaVision and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then I thought eh. and then what do they do? They put out a new Star Wars series. Like, well, okay, I guess I got to keep it. So <laughs> I know what what are you gonna do when they drop the next in December when they drop the next. Mandalorian, and then the Boba Fett one. You got to stick with it, right? Yeah, I guess so. Darn it, that's how they get you. (laughs) And then, like now, now I'm subscribing to Apple TV because of Ted Lasso, and there's new episodes coming out of that in July, so So I'm stuck there. (sighs) (laughs) Netflix isn't doing much for me lately, so maybe I can get rid of Netflix. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. We're, um, we're going to be in know. this world of like constantly adding and dropping streaming services. I have a feeling. So, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's taken on the new cable TV question of which cable do I get now? It's just how many live stream yeah. services can I get? Yeah. Did you um, did you grow up with the Disney Channel? No, mm, I did. No, I did too. And that's I maybe that's why I could never even think about canceling my Disney nope, Plus because never. all of it's just filled with nostalgia. Yep. Let me tell you about my childhood. Oh we my would gosh. go down to the video <laughs> store yep. and we would look at the wall of videos and hope that a copy of some Disney movie that we wanted to watch uh, was in. And if it were a newer released one, then no. I remember going and seeing like, I don't know, Pinocchio in the theaters as a kid. 
It's yeah, you know. No. So Pinocchio, um, you saw Pinocchio I, in theater. I have I don't, vague, I don't vague think memories. You, I don't think you saw Pinocchio. I'll have to in look theaters. up the dates on that. I feel like that's like maybe it was right. a re-release. It may have been a re-release, but I, I think I do remember seeing Pinocchio <laughs> I don't in the theaters. Think you did. I I'm really, old. Okay. Well, next episode we'll confirm we'll see. That or deny it. Um. No, what but year, what, oh. Oh no, no you go. You go. I was just gonna. I Tom. I was just gonna ask what year were you born? 1978. Okay. I was born in the seventies. Okay, like the end though. Like the end of the seventies. It's like when I say I was like a nineties kid. No, I was born in nineteen ninety eight. Like I'm not a nineties kid. But no, no, I could never I agree, I could never cancel um Disney Plus because there's so many Disney Channel original movies on there that like I totally forgot about and I'll just scroll through and I'll find it. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is unlocking a vault in my brain that I haven't thought about since like 2006, you know? Okay, I just know. confirming here. Uh, Pinocchio came out in 1940, so I definitely was not right. in the theater That's watching what it. I was gonna say. Um, but I know there was like, there must have been a re release, so they were showing it in the theater because I have very, very Jeez. vague memories of my mom bringing me to the theater in downtown Ottumwa and like, so it must have been like they were showing old okay. Disney movies again or something oh like my that. God. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not that old. Yeah. Not that. No, 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 no. no. Okay. No. Uh, oh, goodness. So. The the very first the very first movie I ever saw in theaters was The Lion King. Um, when I tur- I turned 5, it came out in 1994, I turned 5, and so that was the first that was the first one. So like like all of those Disney Channel original movies and then the Disney Channel original shows like Smart Guy yep. and Boy Meets World, like those yep. are the shows that I grew up on. My my loved. first movie or some of the earliest movies I remember seeing in the theater other than that re-release of Pinocchio oh my gosh. were actually Return of the Jedi and that was legit 83. I probably was five years old. So, um, yeah. And then, um, and I, I remember just fragments of things, probably like the scene with the Rancor and that probably scaring me. Um, and also the Dark Crystal. I remember that going to see that with my nephews and my mom, or no, it was my sister that took us. And that was really cool. Yeah. Loved it. <laughs> yep. And Pinocchio. Those Why? were the days. I don't know. 1940. Well, Father Ross, um, I know you're going to do great here. I'm so pleased that you're coming here. I'm so sad to leave. Um, and yet, I know I'm leaving it in good hands. So this is this Thank is you. So. I'm thrilled. I'm so excited. You should be. It is an awesome assignment. <laughs> it is. I loved yeah. it. I have absolutely loved it. And it's going to be great, and you're going to be a great fit. So Yeah, what you didn't know is this is this was the final, final interview, and you passed. You got the job. Did so, I? Yeah. All right. Thank you, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to call the bishop right after this yep. and say, yeah, he's okay. It was actually confirmed. <laughs> it, was, it, it was hanging in the air before this episode, but now we have, we're letting you come. So finalize all those thank decisions. you megan i you have no idea how much it means to me i've i've never met megan in person i've only ever seen her one other time yeah via via a webex meeting yep. when i was when i was helping lead the busy student retreat mm-hmm. and when i introduced myself i said i told everyone that i had a fangirl moment because <laughs> i because megan grady introduced herself and i thought oh, i get to see what she looks like yep. in real life yep 
Well, yeah, and I was in my I heard. I was in my bed and I was um going to fall asleep immediately after that meeting. So, when you said that, I died a little bit cuz I'm like, great. This is what I look like. This is that great. was the real me, the real Megan Grady. So, congrats. You're one of few people Thank that you. see that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for being on the show and all the best as you wrap up your assignment and uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get together here soon and, uh, and I'll, I'll try to set you up good so you can walk right in the door and know everything you need to know, or at least yeah. that I can remember to tell you. So Sounds great. And it'll be good to have you just a mile down the road. I won't be far away. With his new dog. Um, <laughs> yes. Benston Yard, new dog. Yep. Oh my. Okay. Meg, bring us home. <laughs> May the faith be with you. And with your spirit. And with your spirit. (laughs) Take care, everyone.